It's All right, based on stats. low gangsters. Here we go. <laughs> you didn't yes. think I knew that, did you? No, I mean, I don't know. You knew Jake was engaged. <clears throat> what? You knew Jake was engaged. Sure. You congratulated me. You go congrats. I was like, well, for what? It's not every day, bro. So anyway. The, uh, Whoa, what the fuck? Dude, if you're a zebra in Africa and you're chilling by murky water, you just don't drink from it. You can never, never know what's under that water. Murky water yep. scares me. It's actually, it's actually one of my big fears in life. Murky water, yeah. Uh, any water where I can't see what's happening. Yeah, I've always thought about like if somebody would dare me to swim across the Amazon, would you do it? If there, were, if there was like 100K. Have you seen the damage a pack of piranhas can do? I'm, that's a no for me, Chief. Murky water. And welcome back to Impulsive, the number one podcast in the world. Thank you guys for listening, watching, viewing, subscribing. If you're not subscribed, please hit that button for me so we can be the number one podcast in the world again and again and again. Coming up on 2 million subscribers. That's good. Round of applause. We're awesome. Fuck yeah. Incredible. Hey, comment your thoughts below, guys. We liked your comments on the last episode. His thoughts, there's thoughts on what? Just Person. whatever we do. Anything you whatever say. You're, whatever you're thinking. Right? What, what, what's going on with the camera, man? Well, you, something yeah. seems to be going wrong. Oh, none of the cameras were on. None of the cameras were on? That's not true. Well, it looks like was we'll there be any starting sort of... back over. Was Ron on the camera? Oh. Oh. We're going? We're good? Welcome back to hey, Impulsive. Take me out to dinner before you fuck me next time, Andre. <laughs> Anyways, what are we talking about? Probably something. <clears throat> Murky water. Oh, scary. Yeah. Hate it. What would you think would be the scariest thing your toe could touch under murky water? Oh, oh that's the worst. Like, what? yo, have you kicked a fish when you're swimming in oh, like yeah, deep water? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, but what's like the How worst thing? How do we know it was thing? a fish? Huh? Mm. What's the worst thing? I mean, you're down there. Like, I'm thinking this a plugged in toaster. <laughs> Think about it. Think about it. Your foot slides into the Ooh. thing and the other well, and then a rock toast yeah. hits the toast button yeah. and all of a sudden you're electrocuted. Well, it's not scary. Yeah. That's fatal. And that's that's the terror. It's also that's, highly unlikely. You say that, but have you not seen underwater lake power stations? Yeah. Have you seen 47 meters down? No. Well, is it about the Mariana Trench? There's a shark. <laughs> the Mariana Trench, the deepest. No, no. The, you think the Mariana Trench is 47 meters deep? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought you moron. said 47 multimeters. <laughs> God dang it. Fuck. Man, our Damn. guest today can help you with numbers, yeah, bro. We need some help with some Dude, The last thing you said was that fucking what? the head of the, the Cali cartel was Fidel, Fidel Castro. Castro. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of Ariel Castro, the dude who kidnapped girls in Ohio. I don't fucking. There's a Castro somewhere. <laughs> Unbelievable! Bro, I don't know things, dude. We need help from a chief economist at some point. Yeah. Should we, we bring him up? We need no, someone let's talk smart. Let's more house gossip. All right. Well, more? we're gonna bring him on eventually. I promise. What else we got going on in the house? Well, today's Friday, right? Yeah, technically. What's re what day is it really? Today's Monday, so. But it's fr today's Friday. Really so what do you guys got planned? Fucking this weekend or something? You know me. I'm going to Sweden. I'm a Swedish oh. fish. Swedish fish. What is there in Sweden? I heard those didn't originate in Sweden. Probably very true. That, that, what that what will makes break my heart. Swedish fish Swedish? Like what? what yeah, I, I, scholars haven't figured that one out yet. Still either. unsolved. No. Uh -huh. Where did Swedish fish come from? Oh, Sweden. Sweden. Who would have no, <laughs> seen this? He typed in "Where did Swedish fish come from?" and it has a Swedish flag that says Sweden. <laughs> no, dude, Sweden. Yeah, yeah. I'm going there to make some music. You guys know, man. Gotta go sing my little heart out. Oh, will you bring back some Swedish fish for us? Uh, yeah. Vegan. What, like, get some high quality ones. What else is native to Sweden? Like it's, there's got to be some sort of really nice Type food, it in. like Co Copenhagen. Like worst, worst brought worst Germany. Yeah. Right? Type it in. What else is uh, what native to are Sweden? Some native 
Swedish delights. Okay. Yeah, because I really want to do it. What is a typical Swedish food? Oh, many meat dishes. Mm-hmm. So Spencer's meatballs. not allowed. Meatballs. Oh, Swedish meatballs. The little baby meatballs. Oh, yeah. In the, in the, in the gravy and, sauce. And lingonberry jam. Oh. Fruit soups with high viscosity. Anyone know what viscosity is? It's a physics term for you. It's uh, it's it has flow, it's a friction. Right? No, it's friction related. Nope. It's the ability to flow. Like no friction. Like no friction. It's you could just flow. No, not quite. High viscosity. Not quite. I think we're talking about a lot of facts and like Austin McBroom's basketball tournament tomorrow. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh our, no, yeah. What, what, don't make that face at me. No. Just, what? What? No. Di- oh, Dylan. <laughs> oh, Dylan's mad at Dylan's Mike pissed. For, what else is fucking? No, mad? it was just because I was going to do a sick transition to the guest, but I actually oh, think we should talk it. about it. I'm a. I'm, I think I'm coaching one of the teams because Jake and Austin made it very clear I'm not good enough to play basketball. Yeah, you kind of. S- uh, you're right. Yeah, they're right. Yeah. They're right. Yeah. They're absolutely right. I made no, you have a no basketball pushback from me. We have a basketball hoop in the house and I've been shooting around and you'll come in while you're just on your way upstairs and just airball it and hit the fish. Tank. Oh, I always miss. <laughs> I always miss. It's just sad. And it's, you know, what's sad. Even more sad is like I played basketball when I was younger, not like yeah. on a team, but like I'd go to the rec center after school and I play and I just, that's one sport I never got like yeah. good at. You're I'm mad just, athletic. It's just, I'm physical, bro. Like I get that rebound. Like I want yeah. it really bad. Are you the kid that just fouled out like in like five oh, yeah. minutes? Oh, yeah, because I didn't give a you fuck. Just I was, I was wrestling with the fuck. Yeah. All right, let's do it. Let's bring on our guest. Here we go. Today's guest is quite possibly the smartest guy in the world. He's a mathematician and economist and, and the managing director of Peter Thiel, 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 and the managing director of Teal Capital, Peter Thiel's <laughs> investment firm. It's Eric Weinstein. <laughs> Peter, it's because there's a TH. Yeah. And yeah, that throws me off. It's a tongue twister. Peter, T- Peter Thiel, the tongue twister. Can you twist. say it for me? Peter Thiel. There you Fuck, go. You didn't say that. It sounded pretty easy. Hey, you're a. But do you guys believe like in reptilians? Reptilian oh, overlords? You're, just, you're going right uh, into it. Yeah. Well, oh, fuck. Peter Thiel is an anagram for the reptile. Are you, Wait, ser- how, are you how, serious? How? Just think about it for a minute. Peter Thiel is an anagram for the reptile. Now, an anagram is. A thing that goes down the side with, and every first letter of something starts a, a word, okay. a sentence. Wait, the, what, is that a pseudonym? Is, no, that, is that his name? An anagram, a no, word no, of phrase you, yeah. formed by oh, rearranging sorry, the letters of another. Exactly. Peter Thiel, what does what it rearrange to form? <laughs> the reptile. Oh, fuck. Is that true? Wow. You know him. Kids, check it at home. He's, he's right. Wow. He's right. So he's like the king. He's at the top. He's the yeah, reptilian overlord. I, I don't think we should keep talking about it. Oh, okay. oh, yeah. Okay. There's yeah, like sure. a time yeah. limit on yeah, it. We'll skip past that. Yeah. Uh, t- wow, he's worth $2.5 billion. Guy knows what he's doing. And you man, you manage that money? No. Nope. What says you're the, uh, you're on my thing, managing director of Teal Capital? Yeah. So what, what exactly Peter do you do? manages that money. Ah, so, okay. So for the what average, do you do? for the average person, because I heard you are one of the smartest people in the world. From whom? <laughs> that guy. He said you're one of the top five in the world. <laughs> so you're listening. That's what he said. Oh, this is getting better and better. He's, uh, <laughs> By the way, this is the most famous microphone in the world. Am I right? It really is. <laughs> it really is. And yo, this is actually when we met. Yeah. He's, he's referring to the famous Riley Reed deep throat when she deep throated our, our impulsive mic. Yeah. Um, when we met for the first time. Yeah. You said so. You know, I, 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 I knew you looked familiar and it was actually when you were interviewing David Blaine. I watched him regurgitate a frog. That was awesome. And afterwards you came up to me and I thought, I don't know. So there was going to be some sort of like extreme knowledge that I was going to absorb. And you go, Hey man, I, I want to tell you something. I was like, yes, this is it, bro. I'm going to become a better person. And you go, I actually really appreciated you having Riley Reed on your podcast. And I was like, Whoa! wow. Yeah. Well, wow. I was there for that. So first of all, she, she uh, came to one of our shows mm-hmm. uh, with Sam Harris and Ben Shapiro in um, San Francisco. 
She's clearly very interested in psychedelics, in atheism, in mm -hmm. rationality. Yep. Mm -hmm. yep. And I think what's been really interesting for me in talking to her is uh, talking about very different topics, which is the, the business harassment of her as an <clears throat> independent, successful businesswoman where she can't um, – effectively uh, perform commerce uh, in the world because she's being harassed by banks yeah. or by social platforms. Fronts. Exactly. Yep. And so this is, I think, one of the most important fronts in the free speech arena. Because mm, we're we're mm. seeing it, people being restricted because of what they're saying politically. We see um, people being restricted, what they can teach educationally. And we've forgotten that uh, the erotic arts are traditionally one of the most important battlegrounds for free speech and historically have been so at least since um, these these decisions were made in 1959, 67, and 73. Erotic arts. Yeah, erotic arts. Porn, if Porn. you will. No, she's yeah. Had, she had trouble getting a house. Yeah. So so she, she had, I saw her Instagram story. She was crying on her Instagram story. <clears throat> they had run the credit. Right. They had run the background. Everything came out perfect because obviously she's got great credit because she makes so much money off premium Snapchats. Premium Snapchats. And Ooh. once they found out who she was, she was unable to get the house once they found out that she was an adult entertainer. So let's call it financial harassment. Absolutely. And that, that's what I really appreciated is yeah. that you guys treated her um, as a successful businesswoman. I mean, you, you had a great time, uh, you know, jo yeah. joking around, sure. yeah. but the fact is, is that she's well-spoken, thoughtful, and, uh, and she's an in business. Facts. She, we were all very surprised. And what a generous, what a generous human being with her time. And, and mm -hmm. uh, she's been lovely in, in yeah. conversation. It's I will new. say this. We are the most versatile podcast. I think in the world, Un undoubtedly, I think that's our, that's our shtick. We can have you on and we can have someone who's the exact opposite of you on and we're going to thrive. So listen, I do, I do want, I, I do want you to explain in layman's terms, what you do for the average person. Well, um, so I, I'm a mathematician by training. I went into mathematics in order to understand uh, the geometry underneath the two main branches of theoretical physics. Mm. And um, with Peter, um, having spent time in finance, it was a, I had a hedge fund uh, in New York City with a friend. Um, I try to simply be available in whatever capacity. I mean, he's one of the most brilliant people uh, I've ever met. And I try to be his intellectual jogging partner for whatever uh, the topics are, whether it's philanthropy or an issue in markets or finance or um, trying to figure out how to fix education, what have you. Mm. Trying to figure out how to fix education. What about it's, it's a big topic. Bernie Sanders made a little announcement last night you may have heard of <clears throat> that he may try to pass a law that forgives all student debt. Yeah. Well, what was it, 2005 when uh, – Student debt became non-dischargeable. So, you know, you have what what does appear, and, and this is one of the reasons that I think it's great hanging out with the younger guys, is that we have a an intergenerationally extractive situation in which your cohort is viewed as a source of financial wealth for older generations. And the idea was to force you into a college paradigm and make sure that you couldn't get rid of the debt no matter what. Mm. And uh, I think this thing is absolutely immoral. And that kind of spirit is actually one of the reasons why I voted for Bernie last time around. So you're, pro I presume, against the idea of traditional college? No, absolutely not. I mean, I went to a traditional college. I think that it's, tr it's right for a minority of people. But the idea that you have to sell everybody that if you don't do this, you're inadequate. 
I mean, this is preposterous yeah. and, and it's, and it's, it's unethical. It's immoral, but it's a great scam. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. It's been going great. Yeah, it's for a great scam. Yeah. Yeah. How, how would you, I, I don't know the details behind it, but how would economically you actually forgive $1.6 trillion of debt with some difficulty? I mean, it's going to be really disruptive and expensive if that debt has to get written off, then there's going to be, you know, a clamoring for everybody trying to play musical chairs with the debt uh, and see who gets stuck standing up at the end. So I don't know how that's going to get unwound. You but- saw his, did you see his, um, pro- uh, <clears throat> his idea, his proposal as to how that happens? No. Taxing Wall Street transactions. Yeah. So basically there would be a tax on buying and selling uh, securities. They say Tobin tax. I didn't see the yeah. name of it, but is that what it, is that what it would be probably, considered? Yeah. So economics? the idea is he's just going to put some friction, speaking of viscosity, yep. into the yep. system. Yep. yep. And uh, you know, obviously that that's intended in part to uh, stop speculation, to punish people who have been doing very well because they've been rent seeking through finance, and whether or not uh, that is the best means of doing all of this. Uh, let's be honest, we're in a revolutionary mood, and Hell these yeah. these proposals. <clears throat> Yeah, we are years into a revolution that is not acknowledged. How weird is that? That we're in something and you're not even allowed to say Mm. that we're in revolutionary times. Would you consider where we are right now to be um, similar to where we were in the late 60s? I think that's the best parallel that uh, it's it's like 1968 is taking forever um, in part because it's a low grade revolution. Like we're not seeing – let's say bombings and murders uh, of a political nature, the way we were um, in the U S we're seeing milkshakings rather than, you know, the weather underground Mm -hmm. and um, where where you see that the violence is a kind of a generalized digital violence where it's pretty dangerous to be online because you're, you're playing with your entire reputation. Your reputation is what you need in order to be able to earn a living. Mm-hmm. And anybody who says the wrong thing or does the wrong thing, according to somebody who's empowered to destroy them, um, you can become unemployable very quickly. I think it's, I think it's because, you know, on social media, everyone does have a voice. I don't think it's just one person who could be empowered to destroy them. I think it is that like collective of people who may feel wronged, when it comes to a specific scenario, but I was going to ask you, could you, could you flesh out this revolution you're talking about? Cause I'm, I'm hearing you, but I want to, I want to know in, in your eyes, what exactly you think this revolution is and what is happening that we haven't addressed or talked about yet. Well, I think before we get to the revolution, we should talk about the weird stasis that just went on in the same way for a long time. I think that between 1945, the end of world war II, and 1973, there was this period of, bizarre prosperity. It was really stable. You could base your future on it. You you Mm. can move away from your family and towards a financial solution for most of your life problems. A decade earlier, psychologists... I told you on the last podcast, uh, my phone rings and the YouTube video starts You were really headed to a good spot. Let's get back there. All right. So (laughs) everything up, bro. What's new? Logan Paul made a mistake. I can't believe it. I fucking can't believe it. <laughs> so you're moving towards financial prosperity. It's yeah. 1970. Yeah. So yep. 1973, there yep. seems to be some sort of very weird thing that happens and growth keeps going up at like um, median male income flat lines for decades. Mm. Um, you know, you could say part of, part of that has to do with, uh, you know, some issues involving the Arab oil crisis, gold standard, women entering the workforce. But there's a mystery as to what the... 
how do you how do you make all of it end? Like every piece of it. Give me Maybe the phone. Watch, Give me the watch, fucking phone. Mute that. If you mute, the <laughs> I already computer. did. I muted the YouTube video. No, how about just Millen's like, called me twice. I'm gonna answer. No, I'm so phone. sorry, Eric. I'm. So- hey, Mill, you got you. You got to tell me what's so important that you called me twice on a podcast because we have the smartest guest ever, and I've blatantly disrespected him. You've called me twice now, Milton. Okay, I'm sorry, but listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> what? I'm with Tommy Chong right now. Tommy oh, Chong. Okay, that's, that's pretty important. That's, all right, that's a wrap. Guys, right. thanks. It's been great. <laughs> no, hey, tell him I said what's up. We want him on the podcast. Okay, what's happening, Logan? Hey, what's up, dude? <laughs> Cheech and Chung, Tommy Chung? I'm so sorry. Yeah. I'm so sorry. No, this... Yeah, uh, hey, ni- nice to meet you, man. This is a weird way that is happening. You too, you too. I'm sweating, if I'm being honest. Let's get back to the podcast, Logan, but he's, I'm going to get his number, and he's going to... He wants to come on. All right, all right. I'll, I'll be on your show, man. All right, amazing. Thanks, Mel. Wow. All right, later. All right, bye. You just bestowed upon some excellent vibes. What? This was you. This was your doing. Oh, man. Name That's another somebody. podcast in the world where that would happen. Sometime around the time that Earache My Eye appeared on Cheech and Chong, <laughs> everything changed in the economy. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's and incredible. It's incredible. All right. Focus. No more. Focus. Yes. Here we are. All right. Here we are. All right. And then we started lying about everything in order to keep this game going. Think of think about it like a really rich family with a failing family business. For a while, it can kind of take the assets it has mm-hmm. and play games to hope that the business recovers. But in essence, uh, that game sort of went from, let's say, 1980 to, I would say, 2008. And then we're in this, we in this weird zombie period between 2008, 2000, and 2016, where we couldn't have new ideas. We just had these old ideas that nobody believed mm. were still true. Mm-hmm. And they were like walking the, the landscape. And then, you know, then you had the Trump anomaly where we find out people are so pissed that they will do anything, anything. to get the attention and say, no mas. And then the weird thing is that the thing that was supposed to get the message and, and, and hear no mas says, oh, let's just triple and quadruple down on the same stuff that wasn't working before. Mm-hmm. And not po- policy wise. Well, not just policy wise. It's just uh, like I don't think that the country is clamoring uh, right now for um, you know open borders. I don't think that the country is clamoring um, right now for uh, I don't know bigotry being normalized against any group, black, white, green doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Right. But like the idea of um, this sort of woke movement um, is extremely powerful because I think the left lost the labor unions. And this is this very weird thing that we think about these as social movements. But maybe what really happened is that when Ronald Reagan broke up PATCO, um, the left lost unions and now it needed a replacement. And so it found identity politics over time as a replacement. And so instead of it confronting uh, the fact that families, you guys are having trouble in general forming families. It's gotten really like, tough. Like millennials you're saying? Yeah. How come? Well, because the I, economy, you're right. I, yeah. I've been trying to have a kid he's, for he's working a on long this, time. So you're speaking right to his heart. Yeah. I, and, and it's not, I don't think it's, it's mainly because I'm emotionally unavailable, but I, I <laughs> feel like it maybe stems from what you're saying. Well, you know, you're in a different position, but if you're 24, 25, uh, and you you want to think about proposing to 
the amazing get, you know gal that you, you've been dating yeah. and you say, hey, I, I, I've got a house, the cool city you want to live in. How, how about having a couple of kids with me? Maybe you'll be the breadwinner. Maybe I'll be the breadwinner. Yes. I don't know. Yeah. It, it, it could be gay. It could be straight. Doesn't You could switch genders. But you more or less need a breadwinner and somebody staying home uh, is a standard <clears throat> division of labor to, in a house that you can afford in a city you want to be in. Mm-hmm. And that thing has just, it's moved what, out of reach. What it, part of it has changed that has made it so hard to have those two <clears throat> people working in tandem to achieve the same. Goal. Well, for one thing, you had this thing where um, people moved away from their family support systems and towards financial support systems, right? So you could either have, um, like, you know, a, a unemployment insurance, let's say, or you could have the idea that if somebody's out of work in a family, maybe they they're inside the home for a while doing things for the clan, and somebody else is out earning. But we moved away from family-based systems to financial-based systems because we had the long period of prosperity. Mm-hmm. And then that kind of easy <clears throat> prosperity seemed to have come to an end, right? And so, in general, our economy doesn't make fantastic sense. And we've, you know, this debt forgiveness, this was an extraction program where older people who were professors and administrators in universities uh, were able to hook up younger people and their futures to a debt machine to transfer wealth uh, from down below to up above. Mm. And that's got to end. And, you know, whether or not my generation suffered through enough of this, the the Gen Xers, but it's the silent generation of the baby boomers that really started these games. And we should be compassionate with them. But on the other hand, we should tell them, no, you're going to have to, you're going to have to carry your own weight. You've had a really beautiful run. And in part, you did that by mortgaging the future and we're not going to pay for it. Mm. It, it, uh, That's great. I agree. It, Absolutely does need to end. Does it end with like everybody Us just moving waking into up? homes? Well, uh, like, well, is it like a government regulated thing? Something needs to stop at like a government level, or is it is it kids waking up and well, not? We can we can do this any which way you want. I mean, you know, if, if if there were federally mandated retirement ages, we could bring them back, and everybody's gonna say, "Oh my god, that's an imposition on my freedom." You say, okay, well, how about debt forgiveness? You know, how about all the student debt is wiped out? Or how about um, we start looking at some laws that specifically take care of you guys? Uh, you know, maybe my generation just needs to get screwed on both ends. We, we got screwed by the baby boomers. I know it sounds more exciting <laughs> if I phrase it that way. But well, we call that an Eiffel Tower. Yeah. <laughs> Spencer's got these zingers Little every zingers. now and then, man. <clears throat> we do. Being politically correct. I forgot. Here I am in the valley. Yeah. You're looking at, yeah, that's exactly right. Riley could be coming in any second here. Um, you talk about different policies that need to change, but the one thing I don't really hear too, too much from you is the need for reform on corporate pandering from special interest groups, right? Do, how big of a problem do how you think? How much time do you have? We sat with Alex Jones for almost four hours. Yeah, we talk, we talk about this all the but time. But I mean, I, I, and I've mentioned this too, and I, I like corporate control over Washington, D.C., in my eyes, is one of the largest problems we face as a country. That and, the, and partisan programming that's happened and not working together as a two-party system. See, what, grew, how big I of a problem up, is it? It's a huge problem, and I grew <clears throat> up thinking it was the problem, and it, I don't think that that's true anymore. Okay. In other words, I think that that game got going specifically because there were fundamental changes in the pipeline from science to technology to the general economy. Okay. And that that had to do with um, some things that were going to change forever within science and in um, and its development. Now, what happened as a result is that 
uh, as you went from privileging the sharpest minds to the sharpest elbows, the sharpest elbows became a problem. But if you successfully redistributed all of this wealth and you got rid of all the special deals, we'd still be, I think, in a terrible situation. So, you know, it's very tempting because they're, they're actual villains. And I'd love to go after villains and, and amuse ourselves taking over their third and fourth homes, you know, and throw parties. That'd be fun. But I don't think that that's going to solve our problems. It's just there are not enough villains and they didn't steal enough of our wealth uh, to make that a viable option. We have really actually exciting fundamental problems, which is we have to invent really cool stuff. And if, if you go into an average room now and you ask, is it 1973? How do I know? You say, oh, okay, well, they're the phones. Okay, subtract the phones off. Subtract the laptops off. Very quickly, you have no idea except for design issues that you're not in 1973. The world didn't change nearly as much as we were expecting. What do you? Well, what were we expecting? Yeah. Oh, you know, like why, why, does, why doesn't a drone get me my, my, my beverage refill? Because we're fucking of a, poor and we suck. Well, we're close. We're we close. are close. We're Amazon. Close. Amazon's, Amazon's you know, sending we're, drones we're to working on drop it. things we're, off. Do you think that's because of like the space boom? Like we go to the moon and then now it's like all of a sudden we're we haven't gone well, since. And, well, side note, did we go to the moon? Yeah, we went to the moon. Okay, I think I agree. I was yeah, saying, yeah. You thank know, God. Don't. Yeah. It'd probably be harder to fake it than to actually just yeah, go there. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But, you know, in part, the reason we don't do this is because it's kind of a silly, weird thing to, uh, you know, the plastic cup and somebody just goes to the faucet. It, it's not, it's almost not worth innovating. It. Mm. So partially we had these sort of silly dreams. Partially we didn't realize how difficult those dreams were, were also weirdly out of sequence and things. I, I, I bring up the rollerboard suitcase <clears throat> that you see on all airline flights was developed yeah. in 1989 because nobody had figured out how to do wheeled luggage until 1989. And there's nothing about it that's like wildly technological. <laughs> ben Franklin could have done it and he didn't do it. Now they have ones that actually follow you. They follow you through the airport. You don't, oh, you don't touch those. them. They just follow you like a little. Yeah. Yeah. Like a little. Yeah. Yeah, and they make ones you could ride around too. Is that what yeah, you're saying? Yeah, yeah, like you could ride them like little Bronco. scooters. Okay, but so I, that's crazy. Still, like 1989, you said? Yeah, but that's <gasps> like, yeah. There's all sorts of stuff that's lagging. So I've I've given previously on the Tim Ferriss program the example of the umbrella. There's no way that the umbrella is in final form. It's just an idiot device. It's there to poke your eyes out, to blow up, right, to get go lost. The wrong Everything way, goes wrong. Filled with water, yeah. right? And and like one day it's going to be obvious to us. Like, oh my god. The Johnson umbrella. That was clearly. Wait, why? If you know that the umbrella is not in final form, like, do you have any ideas on how we can innovate the umbrella? Absolutely. What, is, what can we do? What, how can we make the umbrella? <laughs> is this the top seat? podcast in the world? Yeah, yeah it's the number, number one, one podcast in the world. One. All right. Based on stats. Low gangsters. Here we go. <laughs> you didn't yes. think I knew that, did you? No, I mean, I don't know. You knew Jake was engaged. <clears throat> what? You knew Jake was engaged. Sure. You congratulated me. You go congrats. I was like, well, for what? It's not every day, bro. So anyway. The, uh, Whoa, what the fuck? So what I was going to say is, is that all the low gangsters <laughs> should figure out how to, this is how I'm going to innovate. This is incredible. I just activate the audience. Yeah. <laughs> Get right. them going. Get them thinking. Next. What? It's it's going to work. Can you answer? What? You guys got to do it. Yeah, they're going to do it. I'm, oh, we'll I'm figure bad. it out, guys. Well, let's go. So, Can you so design us? Send us your umbrella designs. Is that what we need? Yeah, or we, we just got to stop fewer using fewer moving pieces. It needs to be safe at eye level. It needs to not blow up in the wind and get destroyed. And it'd be nice if it got uh, if it was cheap and didn't get lost. That's crazy. Shouldn't That's it, crazy. Like, Go, should, should we shoot? Should we shoot? Believe in you. 
a little further and make, have it like make toast or something like that too. Like he why loves, are we aiming? Well, he loves toast. Why are we yeah. aiming so low? You know, like next no. you're gonna bring in the avocados and confirm yeah, the avocado yeah. toast. I, it's twenty bucks here in LA. I mean, if you're, we need to what innovate if your umbrella process. could make it. Exactly. You, exactly. You know? That's crazy. So, question on uh, recently, Rogan. We were talking about this about the UFOs that Bob Lazar exposed, yeah. and we were just talking about um, how how this suppression of technology for corporate interests is at play. I don't know. Have you seen what Bob Lazar stands for and, and what he's coming out with? What no. he's been coming out with for 30 years? No. Um, so he's claiming that... Um, Listen, man, do you believe in aliens? Do I believe in aliens? Have you yeah. been on a UFO? Have you wrote a ship? Are you an no. alien? No. Right. Do, you believe in, do, you, do you, believe? you believe in aliens? Do I believe in aliens? Yeah. You think? Do you think alien technology is being hidden somewhere here in the United States? God, I hope so. That would be You're, awesome. Probably not. You don't think so? Bob Lazar says. Yeah, you should otherwise. check out. You should check out Bob Lazar. <laughs> He's he just they put a documentary out on Netflix. Um, long story short, do you think that corporations are holding back technology for profits? Sure. But not alien technology, probably. Here's an example. I would also say sure. Like I like how many years ahead are they with the iPhone? I think three, three, right? Yeah. So, so the answer is yes, but there's obviously a strategic. Well, I mean, output it, strategy is the answer. Yes, I mean. How far out? You don't think are, so, how, Colin? How far out are they really? Seeing as how they haven't done anything innovative since no, the no, iPhone, you know what I'm saying? Like three no, years no, from no, now, no, this no, is the no. iPhone. It still looks exactly yes, the same. Does yes, the same. Well, shit. that's what he's saying. They're holding back, like the uh, innovations they could be making because the corporation, of, yeah, money. Well, so why profits. would a corporation hold back their own technology that could improve their? Sales? Because you can you can money. knowingly release a slightly newer updated oh, phone plan, every it's year. Called planned obsolescence. That's what I was just saying to Spencer. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> planned obsolescence. You talk about borders a lot. Talk about borders a what lot. Border what border would you set up you to keep aliens out? To keep aliens <laughs> yes. out. I mean, there would be like a a wild laser dome with plasma. That's hard. Hey, math, 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 sharks and stuff. Math sharks, and, sharks with shark. lasers on the back. Mm-hmm. It's flying, a, it's a yeah, like flying fish thing. shark hybrid. We've seen them in. Don't Fortnite. we have like a defense program that's kind of what's it called? Star Wars. Don't we have it? Some sort of laser bound defense program currently. Well, um, we, Star, no, it's called Space Force. We no, that's Space. what Trump wants to start. Well, Wait. is is he doing it? Did he fund? Are the you space making a for- joke? I'm no, being no, no, serious. No, no, no. Dead serious. Well, the, the Israelis have a, have this Iron, Iron Dome. Dome. There's yeah. an Iron Dome that? in Israeli Israeli land. Okay, so what is that? Can <laughs> could you explain that? I don't That's- think there are sharks, but I, I can't put it past the Israelis. The Iron Dome is just their system of shooting down rockets that right. are coming over from, uh, from enemies. Yeah, check it out. Oh, yeah, all sorts of rockets. <laughs> Tiny images, maybe subject. But is that really what you guys are worried about? You're worried about uh, alien illegal immigrants yes, taking yes. our jobs. <laughs> like yes. literally from outer space. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. Is, it, it could really <laughs> potentially set us back. I'm not sure. So the strategic defense initiative, also called Star Wars Defense yeah. Program, is our from strategic initiative from Reagan that I believe still is in use today. That is our our nuclear missile defense. That was super program. controversial in my time. Massive. Why? Why? Well, I think it was because it was going to. Uh, you know, there's always been this question of should we compete with the Russians? Should we, uh, or there was, or should we befriend them? And give them the technology. Should we try to have one world government? Should we try to have a cold war and mutually assured destruction? Nobody's ever solved the problem right. of unlocking the atom. 
Uh, what do you mean by that? Well, like, like uh, what, what is unlocking the atom? That's what caused the, that's right. why we have nuclear weapons. No. So, so that's when you split the atom. All right. So we, 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 we split it first and then we fused it next. Um, you know, this is, we were joking before about the teller Ulam design, the, uh, teller at the end of the war, uh, world war two, um, gets this letter from Leo Zillard, who I guess had pushed for the bomb. And said, you know, hey, will you sign our letter saying that we have to control this technology? And Teller more or less morally flips him the bird and says, um, you're trying to solve your conscience. And I understand what we've just did and done and you just don't. And what's really going on is we've given uh, the world a very thin sliver of hope, which is that war will become unthinkable. And the race now is to make the worst possible weapon so that we will abandon war permanently. And if you think we're going to put the nuclear genie back in the bottle, you just haven't thought about this enough. And we think of Teller as a monster, but it's not clear to us that Teller isn't the guy who actually intuited uh, the right calculus of preservation in a post-nuclear age. That's a scary thing to think about. Yeah. Now, the question is, how do we get off this rock? Oh, you're, you're on that wave. Oh, yeah. Well, there's no, there's no, there's no long-term future. Here Elon anymore. Musk just tweeted I, I a, say, an image that like, said, "Occupy Mars." Well, yeah, uh, Mars. Occupy is Mars. He still on Mars. Mars know. buys us a, maybe a little bit of time. It's a diversified experiment. You're trying to go. You're trying to go to Tea Garden. You're trying to get out of the Milky Way. You're trying to hit up Tea Garden B. Is that one voice? It's only twelve and a half million light years away, man. No, twelve and a half light years. That's what I said. It's the <laughs> most Earth-like exoplanet that they've found so far. Yeah, yeah. Tea Garden B, 12 and a half right. years. How are we going to get out off this rock? Well, uh, there are two other rocks to go to, <laughs> more or less. I mean, we've landed on Titan, but that's not pl plausible. Pluto's moon? By the way, have you, have you seen the picture Saturn's of the land? Put, put Titan landing photo. Titan landing photo. This is the weirdest thing. Is like we paid for and successfully landed on um, Titan. Which is Sat one of Saturn's moons, right? Yeah. And are we looking for the actual? Yeah. Is this it? No, no, no. That's a that's an artist rendering. Okay. Go, go back to that's a great images. artist. That's a nice pancake. No, go <laughs> down. Go down. Go down. Is it? Do you is it one of these? Land? Oh, they got boats. There, one huh? of these? Nope. How do they have a picture? Oh wait, wait, wait. That's the one right to, to, to the to left. left. Nope. Middle. You, you jumped yep. it. There you go. Oh, oh. Yeah. The only one that looks real. <laughs> that that, one, I'm avoiding okay, that now, one. why this isn't the world's most famous photograph, and you actually have to search for it, is bizarre. Like why? Well, we landed on, we landed on Titan, and it, we sent back a postcard, and nobody cares. It was like the craziest. When thing did we land? Of course, on Titan. nobody cares. Jake Paul has just got engaged. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> with like, the Mercedes, like, yo, with no, like 125,000. Is this not part? Is this not part of the problem, Eric? Is that people don't care about this kind of shit because Jake Paul's engaged? The Kardashians got a new sex tape out. No one gives a shit about this stuff. We are gonna ride the E News. Uh, train directly yeah. to the fucking ground. No, but we are part of this problem. Like, why are we doing this podcast? Is because we care about people. So we have to, we have to, you know, it's like charismatic megafauna. Nobody cares about saving stuff that isn't as charismatic as a, as a panda bear, right? So yeah. what do you do? You need a panda bear to get everything saved. So right? you tell me we'd send a panda bear to Titan. That's what I'm talking. Pandas on Titan. <laughs> Seriously, think about it. Nah, it we could do this. Because then, then we'd feel like a FOMO type, like we need to join the panda. But what about this photo? Is so, is so. I mean, like, yeah, it's remarkable technology-wise. We got the postcard back from the one of Saturn's moons. But like, what about this is so great and screams to you. It's a moon with an atmosphere that we successfully landed on this far out. Of, I mean. But what we, about our moon? 
Yeah, we did that in the 69. Yeah, what year are you in? Yeah, but no, this, no, is no, a, no, this is a no, lot yeah. farther out. Yeah, we landed on it. We wanna, let's, let's hang out with Candies. I understand that. But, the, but my point is that the, the whole Elon Musk, let's go to Mars thing is, is super intriguing because it's not that intriguing, right? Like we know that there's this big, relatively uninteresting planet. Now, maybe we'll find some cool stuff on it, no doubt. But- we're running out of time, and we've only got these two alternate rocks to visit. We're not going to go to Venus. We're not going to go to Mercury. We're not landing on Pluto. We're not going to Titan. And if you think about it, when once you've unlocked what I call the twin nuclei problem, the, the nucleus hate, of the hate cell. worst problem. I deal with it constantly. <laughs> Who doesn't? Even with antibiotics, it's pretty bad. But um, once you've unlocked the cell in the atom, uh, you start a clock, and it's ticking on you, and you don't know how we're going to get out of this thing. We're too powerful and we're not wise. Question for you. <clears throat> 50 years from now, 100 years from now, Earth is starting to become uninhabitable. We've destroyed the planet or, or warfare has caused a problem. So we're dropping nukes. There are people are, are pillaging villages. People are dying. We find this planet somewhere in the solar system. Yeah, we no, all go in the solar system. Wh whatever wherever it is, all right. we all go there and we show up and we get approached by Tea Garden B's border patrol. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but hold on, this is going to go to a real place, even though that is kind of funny. We get to Tea Garden B and they say, stop right there. And we say, <laughs> I, I have my children with me, my family, my home is being ravaged by cartels or ravaged by war. Right. I need shelter here. I need somewhere to go. And they say, we're really sorry. We don't have place for you here. We're overpopulated. So we showed up unarmed. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, I like this analogy. What? What? I what? See, I see what you're what, doing. What do we do? Like, what do we do? How do we solve a problem where there's a wall and people can't get into a place that is going to offer them some solace from the place I, that they've been? You know, I'm so far out there that I'm talking about the fact that we need to exit the solar system. And you guys are worried about like hey, listen, man, visas <laughs> and border control. No, you don't so, know. T Garden B could have some, some pretty serious. You know, no, some but I, serious both people. are. I mean, one's definitely. You're thinking way, way, way ahead. Like, how far out do you think uh, the vision you're talking about leaving the planet is? It depends. You see, this is the thing that I find fascinating, which is it was only around a hundred years ago that Einstein came up with the speed limit. It's like we're he grounded us. It's like being grounded by your dad. You were not leaving the solar system under any plausible uh, adventure scenario. And so if you're like me, you're trying to figure out, okay, so dad dad grounded me and now he's left. And now I have to figure out, can I scale this wall? Can uh, I crawl out the window? There's got to be some way, maybe. Well, it's proven to be very difficult, obviously. I agree, but we know that it's not, we, we're almost positive that relativity isn't the last word. Right, because it's got these weird singularities. There's the initial singularity that gives you the Big Bang. There's the Schwarzschild singularity that gives well, you black holes. So, as as far as I'm concerned, you know, Einstein tells us these equations. We probably need to recover them from a more fundamental theory. But damn, it's like Grandpa grounded us, and I'm not I'm not accepting it. I uh, think we have uh, to we keep, we have to keep pushing on the fundamentals. I, what does that mean? With the he had a speed limit, like not like a physical traffic speed limit. Well, a physical, you're not going faster than the speed of light, bucko, right. speed limit. Got yeah, it, got it. Yeah, we were we just, just talking about this. But, but seems like a pretty say, well, plausible what? speed limit. What? It seems like a pretty plausible speed limit. Like So did 55. But Sammy Hagar didn't listen to oh that. Oh, my God. He can't drive 55. 
I'm impressed. I, I, I got to bring the 34-year-old. That's even like a 60-year-old aspect to it. Great song. Einstein did have some anomalies in his space-time mm. and his general theory of relativity. Yeah. Did he not? Is there a way to tear that fabric? Well, you can wormhole that fabric. Because I'm ready to wormhole the shit out of this thing, dude. Like, how are we going to do this, dude? <laughs> tonight. How do we do this? We're doing like, it guys, tonight. Do we got to hit tonight. a certain right speed? Now. Yeah. Do we have to go to Miami and spend... Like oh, whole, we gotta go to three day weekend at eleven. <laughs> yes, yes. Really? And then the you ever, that how you guys Eric, I gotta ask you: this. You ever yeah. partied at eleven in Miami? Have I ever partied at eleven? It's in... the name of a club, no. Mark, Mark Roberts Club. Oh, man. Must be. It nice. is a mix between a nightclub. Okay. There is a strippers and a wormhole. If I'm being and honest, I, I will be honest with you: if you are gonna uh, find a wormhole in yeah, this country or this world, it it's yeah. at eleven at the bottom of the stripper. I think you're mistaken. I got four. I got four hundred bucks out of the ATM there, and it was gone in two seconds. Well, the only you the whole wad, dummy. Yeah, but I think we probably uh, roll in different ways. But I, I, I need to party with you. You partied sure. with Riley, and so have I. So I've not partied. I've never met Riley. Oh, what? No, I just talked to her on the phone. Oh, whoa, really? She spoke really highly of you. I would. Uh, I, I think very, very highly of her. Wow, it seemed like you guys had met. No. Nope. So, sure. so back to the wormhole situation. Yep. How, how could a wormhole possibly be hold via worm? <laughs> Say that again, because that was pretty good. <laughs> How could the wormhole be hold via worm? Wait, sorry, what the fuck are you saying? Right now? They, <laughs> I know this isn't water. Is Logan it? knows what you're saying, bro. Logan knows. It's right? It's an energy thing. No. I feel you. Wait, Thank no, you. I, I hear you. He I, I got it. I got it. I got it. Crazy. Yeah. I don't really know. I mean, I think that's just a topological uh, solution that uh, physicists entertain each other with, but I'm not positive that that's really how we would get out of it. I think that the key question is to figure out what is the successor to space time? What is the successor to these two theories that seem irreconcilable in quantum field theory and general relativity? Did yeah. you, did you watch, watch interstellar? I did watch interstellar. What'd you think? You like it? Yeah, I did like it. Scientifically accurate. No, I mean, that's Kip Thorne. It's like scientifically advised, you know, it's, it's is, I, is a, is a wormhole. A sphere is a wor- is a wormhole a sphere, like they depicted in Interstellar. Um, I don't remember it, it being a sphere. Oh, you don't? It was a, it was a the, the black hole. Oh, was a sphere. I think it bended bended the light around it. No, 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 Spencer. Hmm. I'm gonna say this one more time, so maybe you can understand. Why Spencer the black hole so was a sphere? <laughs> I disagree with you. What the? the what, I'm gonna type this in. What shape? What is shape? a black hole? The black the way, hole is actually, according to Google, the black hole funnel. is always approximately spherical. Oh, uh, because it's spherical. And actually, they just got a uh, a picture of, uh, I think it was the most, yeah. what was it, the most uh, vivid. Super, the super massive black hole. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so you're talking crazy. about the event horizon oh. of the black hole. Is that what it's called? Yes. Yeah. The event Horizon. Joe Rogan's got a guy who does. Remember this, right? that movie? Remember the movie, the uh, Event Horizon? It's a fucked up movie. This, this is it. This one? I there think it's go. this one. That's, that's it. A real photo, yeah. Yeah. Well, the photo. I mean, I'm sure. It's- this is crazy. This yeah. is crazy. Can you explain what's happening in this little macaroni? <laughs> yeah, it looks like that a- we see. <laughs> cheeseburger with the well, cheese bel- falling off it. My belief is is that they they took a lot of very faint light and did some sort of computer reconstruction and colorized it to make it 
Um, this is some, I don't think, I, my guess is it's not a photo of a black hole so much as it is a, an interpretation of the data for our visual right, pleasure. Right. Yeah. So, you know, that's not an iPhone photo, obviously. <laughs> this wasn't shot on iPhone. That's not shot thing. on iPhone. This is not a composite. Supposedly Android's got a better camera. So, <laughs> yeah. but, um, yeah, where where were we headed? Where, where were we? I'll be honest with you, I, we have no idea. Okay, we have cool. absolutely. If you haven't figured that out by now, <laughs> the, the producer saying yeah. money. I was promised I that there was a plot in, in no, the I, arc I, and the trajectory. I, I love talking about space and macaroni holes. Yeah. Hey, listen though, but, let's talk. Let's talk about money. You want to talk about, about money? Or, or do Wait. you want to? Or the border conversation too is another thing because you've been quite vocal on the borders on Twitter. That's true. Oh well, borders uh, should be uninviting places. You say. Yeah. There should be a door, but it should be a small door. You well, say. Well, this is just like a. Adult 101, which is like, it doesn't have to be, you know, uh, concertina wire and machine gun nests and it, or like, hey, let's not have any border at all. And everybody can come. Um, a border is a place that should be uninviting. It should not make you want to cross it if you don't have an invitation to come through. And we definitely want to have immigration, which is a powerful part of our tradition. And we don't want to be overwhelmed in an uncontrolled fashion and we don't want our own people and this is the biggest problem of all which nobody will listen to uh the big problem with immigration has nothing to do with immigrants it's two groups of americans fighting each other a group of americans in control who knows how to redistribute the wealth of other americans and they use immigrants to do that and that's the biggest problem we have is i wrote a paper for example called migration for the benefit of all that said hey if you want to open a border and not screw people over like workers um, here's how you do it. And I came up with an entire um, economic theory and pushed it over to corporate America and said, how do you feel about this, guys? Because they had always claimed that all we want to do is make the world more efficient. But the tiny efficiency game that you get in immigration is dwarfed by the amount of money transferred from American workers to the holders of American stock. Mm -hmm. And so the big problem that we're having is, is that the people who, who are the owners of capital uh, are hiding behind the immigrants saying, oh, you wouldn't hurt an immigrant, would you? And it's like, stop hiding behind the immigrants. It's you and me. It's two groups of Americans. You're trying to redistribute money from my pocket into your pocket. And if you could use puppy dogs to do it rather than immigrants, you'd use puppy dogs. So you're calling them almost like a scapegoat or some sort of vessel for delivery of a- It's, of a, a, me it's a mechanism. Right. It, the immigrants are irrelevant to the problem. The problem comes from the fact that very rich, powerful people who know what they're doing want the money for, of people who are too busy working and not sophisticated in the game to know how to defend themselves. And the whole game is, I bet I can get you to get angry at immigrants and then I can cry xenophobia. And so my point to them is, no, 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 I could open the border and stop your little transfer game by actually using free market economics. And you're not going to like it because you're lying. This is back to your point about corporate interests. The yeah. corporate interests have been whining, complaining about labor shortages. Well, there's no such thing as a long-term labor shortage in a market economy, right? None. And we get, they get relief for these labor shortages. But like, you know, I always make this this joke that I've got a Ferrari shortage in my driveway. And people say, well, what do you mean a Ferrari shortage? I say, well, I can't get a Ferrari. And they say, well, <laughs> you know, you don't know where they, where they're sold. Oh, I know where they're sold. I just don't feel like paying that much for a car. Mm. Say, well, that's not a shortage. I mean, there's plenty of Ferraris if you want one. Well, the point is I don't want to pay that price. Well, the, the, the employers of America 
know where the labor is. They just don't want to pay the prices. Mm. And so we're actually taking them seriously. Like we're, we're giving them Ferraris and saying, oh, you, you know, you guys are in such a bad shape. We, we have to make sure that you get exactly what you want at the price that you want. Well, that's not what a market economy is. Right. And that price of labor is our wage. <clears throat> How can we make the border an uninviting place? But not impossible. Just uninviting. Well, we have to stop these. We, look, it's very important to get the open border people and the closed border people into a room to fight with each other and to leave the rest of us the hell alone so we can actually talk about sensible immigration policy. So if you have an either an open border or a closed border position, you're not an included adult. in the co- you, you see now you're bringing up a different point because which is even more important than policy that is influenced by corporate greed. Sure. And it's what I would consider the largest problem hands down that our country faces right now, which is a which is a partisan system that is not working together. Well, Two you- aisles that when one aisle says we have 100% certainty that right. this is what's happening and this is how we solve it. The other party will say, behind closed doors, we believe you, but we will not do it because you're in the other party. But it's not. It's worse than that because there's an anti-immigration part of the Democrats and there's a pro-immigration part of the Democrats. There's an anti-immigration part of the Republicans and a pro-immigration mm. part. So we're just all fucked. Then, well, I'm just board. saying that the, the more important division is between people who know what they're doing, redistributing the in, the wealth and income of others and people who do not want this to happen, but stray into xenophobic territory. And so most of the rest of us are in this very unpleasant place, which is that we don't want to come down for effectively the theft of wealth um, from the defenseless to the very well healed. And we don't want to put up with anybody saying, uh, you know, the problem with Mexicans is this or, or or that, because that's disgusting. It's not who we are as a country. Where's the compromise? Where where do, where do we find some sort of <clears throat> common ground? Is it is it like you said, putting these guys and the, you got these guys in timeout and well, letting the and letting the rational adults tra- have a conversation? Traditionally, what we did is we gave immigration duties in, in Congress to people from landlocked states. Oh, and that so are affected by, well, by so that they aren't under the same political pressure. Incredible. So you had like Tennessee or Wyoming. Uh, getting the chairmanship of the committee that was going to deal with immigration to insulate these people because we know how Texas is going to vote. Well, and we, and we know that anybody on a border is going to be either calculating that this is their way to, to, to wealth or they're frightened that they're going to be overrun. So when you come up with simple solutions like that, yeah, what is the blockade for those simple solutions to come to fruition? It's, it's corporate greed or, or, or some sort of, initiative or, or incentive for people to block that. Cause that sounds very simple. Like yeah. It's very simple. Bring sensible. in some people but, from but, Ohio to talk about regulation well, and economics it, on the border. Yeah. We, we have a situation in which we are lying about just about everything in policy. And we've been doing it for so long because of this growth issue. This, what happened, what I'm claiming I think happened around 1973 is that the entire economy had been built on an expectation of growth. And when that expectation could no longer be sustained, the embedded growth obligation inside of every institution, whether a university or a medical practice or a hospital, whatever it is, uh, couldn't, couldn't be met. So all of those things were like a plane that has to be moving at a certain speed or it'll stall out. And the planes were no longer able to go at the speed that they needed to. 
So instead what they started doing is like throwing people out, you know, effectively yeah. uh, doing anything they could to avoid whatever the stall speed problem mm-hmm. was. And that's where we've been. We've been in about 45 years of across the board lying by our experts to defend the institution's right to continue. Mm-hmm. Like college, I mean, many fewer people need to be going to college yep. and it needs to be delivering value. Now, that is such an explosive idea. Um we need to totally redo our medical care. We need to stop being such a litigious society. We need to start looking for new technologies and uh, investing. All these things that we don't do, um, they're just politically unpalatable. And that's the thing is we're in a revolution because we're doing a slow, weird unwind of 45 years of mental rot. It's just it's intellectual malware between the ears of everybody. And by the way, my head is filled with malware. I have so much malware in my own head. What do you uh, mean malware? Just bad. wrong ideas yeah, put there by teachers, mm. by experts, talking heads. So how do you purge yourself? We do this. We talk. We, we talk, we talk through it. stuff and, we, and we, we listen for the people who are challenging these things. Um, and, we, and we promote them. And, you know, one of, the, one of God's great gifts was the podcast because this thing is unregulated. You guys yeah. are in the wild west. Yep. And the fact is that they haven't figured out how to shut us down. But if they could shut us down, believe me, we would be under the same pressure that YouTube is putting on their various channels uh not to say anything interesting. Do you think they is um like traditional media or who do you think they is? Well, in general, they has to do with what I would consider um I call the gated institutional narrative. Oh, yeah. And this, this is this concept that there there used to be this thing, this discussion that we weren't a part of. We could watch. And like the Democratic Party would call up uh, their friends at the Brookings Institution and Brookings, you know, would ask, well, what's happening uh, over at, uh, you know, Princeton and Princeton. So, so you have this this group of actors and institutions that were trading ideas amongst themselves. And it was a little bit like what we you know, professional wrestling with a promotion where, okay, you're going to agree to take this fall and then he's going to become the winner. You are not, you're, you're not actually holding a real discussion. What you're really doing is you're, you're doing a scripted exploration of an idea. And that's what I think has been starting to uh, erode is that you can't, you couldn't pass NAFTA today. You couldn't say, you know, free trade is in the best interests of all Americans because it's not true. Everybody always knew it wasn't true was never true. There was no point in time when that was true. And the idea that you could push an idea like that through because everybody agreed um, to say, well, you know, privately, I know that it's only true that it's better for everyone if we tax the hell out of the winners to pay the losers, and we're never going to do that. So, you know, it was a lie based around a hidden program that was never going to happen. And you had essentially 100% um, participation uh by the economics community lying about, uh, about immigration, lying about trade and lying about our finances. So, so who has a microphone now <clears throat> or a platform that is able to exercise blocks uh, or, or balances even to not let things happen that aren't right? Like now it, the top's been blown off, right? Podcasts. Everyone's got a, a platform to stand on. But you can ignore people. This is the interesting thing. The gated institutional narrative can't shut down the information anymore. But, you know, for 20 plus years, I've had a paper on the Internet 
um, currently available from the Institute for New Economic Thinking um, about how the National Academy of Sciences and the National Science Foundation uh, effectively conspired to pass the Immigration Act of 1990 um, with provisions to make it impossible for Americans to get market salaries uh, using immigration as the tool. And um, I'm waiting for the first person to say Eric is completely full of it because that'll start a fight and they don't want to start the fight because they know it's true. So I can, I, I can come on these shows. I can say, uh, you know, to check out this paper called how and why government university and industry uh, create labor shortage of, 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 um, high-skilled professionals. And no one, everyone will read the paper. The reporters will say, this is a great story. Can I break it? And then it always dies. Who's, like, ki- who's killing it? We don't know. Higher-ups, managers. If you're uh, listening to this right now and you're at an, an, eco- an you call economic how, how, publication. Pull it up. How, uh, how and you know, why government, university, and industry. Why are you not talking about this? Don't know. Why are you not? Wall Street Journal, how New York Times. Why are we not talking about this? University. Whether it's right or how wrong. How and why government, university, and industry. In the industry? Government, university, and industry. And industry. And then put in labor shortages and see what comes up. It'll come up from oh, labor. He's, he's, in, he's in troubling territory. But this is, this is like really interesting because. Oh. I'm, Perfect. I don't know how to search. Yep. There we go. Eric R. Weinstein, PhD. Okay. So what I'm claiming is that this goes through the allegation that our scientific complex got together behind closed doors without anybody knowing and uh, effectively conspired to cut off the ability of Americans to bargain for market wages using immigration as a tool. And this is what gave us the H-1B visa. Can you, can you explain to people that are watching this right now what market wages are? Well, whatever the price is that is necessary in order to get you to take a job. Like, you know, this fine gentleman over here, uh, he could be a waiter. Uh, on the other hand, he could be a stock analyst. And, you know, the key question is if I think that he should become a stock analyst for a little bit more than than the wages of a waiter, uh, he's going to tell me I, I'm not going to take your job. Right. And so he won't accept the offer because the offer is too low. Well, the, the problem was that um, these people wanted to pay terrible wages to American scientists Um because they'd gotten used to the idea that American scientists would give up their youth for a career afterwards, right? And so people would contribute lots of labor early on, like interns, postdocs, what have you. And what these guys figured out was that you could use people coming from lower wage countries to take these jobs and put pressure on Americans so that they couldn't bargain for wages. And I'm wondering wondering how long this took you to write. This is really, really detailed, really long, really in-depth. Yep. And, and if you know that the response is going to be kind of like nil to this, how, how come you do it? Well, I mean, I've been astounded, right? Like it, it, I've been talking about this for decades and I do it in high-profile high places. I, I presented this at the National Academy of Sciences, like the nation's top scientific organization. I got a standing ovation, which was unheard of for this work. And- then when people started talking about what happened, they completely omitted the fact that there was a bombshell revelation um, in the meeting. So my belief about this is that the people who know that this has to be suppressed 
understand that the best thing to do is to not engage it. Just pretend it's not there. So I walk out of that meeting. Yeah. I say, Weinstein just dropped a fucking bombshell yeah. on the crowd. Thank I you. am going to go call the New York Times, put this shit in layman's terms, and we're going to blow this thing up. What happens? I make that phone call. Does, do I get a phone call back that says, hey, Jimmy, well, I noticed, that, I noticed that you're, you're, you just signed your daughter up for uh, school. Would you like her to make it to her I'll first day? What, like, what, what just happened to me with the San Jose uh, Mercury News. Yep. It's like, this is amazing. I want to do a piece on this. I said, yeah, I understand. And you're going you're gonna to call me back in three weeks and you're going to say, I really want to do that, but my editor just said it wasn't right, wasn't a good look. It's like, what do you mean, good look? (laughs) So what is so what is so what is happening? Let's just take the take the concept of labor shortage. Do you believe that long-term labor shortages occur in market economies? Yes or no? I say no. It's a very simple statement. Long-term labor shortages do not occur in market economies, right? Very simple because the wage level can rise to fill any labor shortage. Right. All right. Why are we talking about uh, tech employers facing labor shortages? Are we morons? Do we think that we're in a communist command and control economy? I have no idea. I have no idea why anybody who's self-respecting would say, you know, the problem with tech is that we're experiencing a long-term labor shortage in STEM occupation. No, we're not. Every every smart person knows that we're not. It's it's total. So are there la- are there skilled STEM? you know, scientists or, or, or workers or laborers right now that are looking for a job, job tons. in Silicon Valley. They're tons, and they're not able to tons get of them. STEM, tons of STEM people. And they're not able to get them because, because the jobs are not offering enough uh, incentive to do so. Or what's, what's well, first of all, it's not just Silicon Valley, right? Like, right. I mean, if you, you know, the guy who Cleveland, developed, whatever, yeah. The guy who developed, um, put in the GFP bunnies. Oh, these sound cool. Is it it related to the Swedish fish? Yeah, sort (laughs) of. GFP bunnies. I I put a D. Is that going to be a problem? No, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Those are like the little bunnies that do backflips at the toy store. P is upside down D. All right, what is this? Green fluorescent protein. Yeah, so so give me video video for this. Okay. There we go. Yeah, Turkish scientists genetically. Yeah, there we go. Modify bunnies to glow green. That's what we need. You guys, you know. Wait, hold on. This is awesome, though. Imagine all the things you could do with a glow-in-the-dark bunny. May I say something else? Yeah, yeah of course. I don't think I don't think Jake knows about GFP bunnies. Oh shit, this is gonna be sick. Oh, yeah, right? It's gonna yeah. be sick, clickbait. <laughs> so they actually just use this same. <laughs> okay, so these are glow-in-the-dark bunnies, right? Whoa! And they took this GFP protein out of what jellyfish? Yeah. And they fused it into uh, mammalian genetics to create these guys. Now, the guy who uh, was instrumental in developing GFP was a guy named Doug Prasher. Wow. And his, his uh, I don't know, his postdoc came to an end and he couldn't get any funding. So he, um, he turned over all of his research to permanent scientists because he was like having trouble coming up the system. And he started driving a shuttle bus in Huntsville, Alabama for like $35,000 a year. And meanwhile, his, his team gets the Nobel Prize for GFP, because let's be honest, this is pretty awesome. Well, yeah. Okay, so well, the well, New York why, Times. Why, if, you ever, if you ever lost your bunny in yeah, the dark, yeah. Why yeah, is this? Why is this important? Why is this important? Yeah. Because you can tag anything with something that will phosphoresce, and if you target it, it's like it's cool to do bunnies because I just think 
glow in the dark. Yeah, they're that, great. That, that's great. They're awesome. But you could also get, for example, the particular neurons that are active in a C. elegans worm maybe to fluoresce so you can mm. see how the brain is working. Mm. They use this same technology recently in um, the new Yeezys that just came out. Yeah. I don't know if you saw that. They are actually able to glow in the GFP. dark. GFP Yeezys. Okay. So Did you see those? Why are you looking at me like that? Did I do something wrong to no, harm are you, you serious? in some way? I, no. No, I'm not serious <laughs> at all. Just, just, just to close the loop statement. on the other thing. <laughs> they are They are glow in the dark. dark. Yeah, they I do, just don't think it's this GFP. It was not GFP pro- proteins. I don't know. But what I was going to get at was that the guy who was profiled in the New York Times as having, she should have won the Nobel Prize. I called him up a year afterwards and I said, what are you doing? He's like, I'm still driving a shuttle bus. It's like, are you kidding me? Like the New York Times profiles you and says you were deserving of a Nobel Prize. And a year later, after the entire world sees that you got shafted, no institution is aggressive enough that they want to say, how about you? take $50,000 and come work for us. We're out of our minds. We're throwing away scientists. We're discarding these people that we train because we're, we're in this crazy game of trying to get all the young people to contribute their labor for free. Right. Think about all your friends with internships. So many, right? Why? I I should, I should start doing that. It's the only way people are going to fall for it. I could really save a lot of money. You know how many interns, interns have said? reached out to, to me and Logan directly and said, I'll shoot for absolutely free. I just want to be, I want to learn. Just to, you're right. Because there have probably even been interns that have said, Hey, like I'm equally as funny as Mike. So you don't have to pay me. And yeah. I mean, you could fire me right now. And some this is, guy will just come sit here the, for free. The economy works when you say, if you don't pay me, I'm walking. Mm. And by the way, I'm kind of pissed off that you didn't, you didn't come up with a more aggressive offer. So I've, taking what, what was on the table before, and I'm going to raise it 7% above that. And if you don't like it, I'm out of here. What, what's it going to be? When you have that kind of power, that's when wages go up. Mm. Now, if you don't have that kind of power, because your, empl- your boss says, oh, don't let the door hit you on your way out. Which is always the case. Which is frequently the now, case. Now, it's not always right. the case. Smart employers don't do that. Well, and if you're a super, you know, if you're, if you're a super high performer, you know, I, I have no doubt that, um, you know, uh, oh, I don't know, Billie Eilish can. Oh, for sure. Can, can negotiate a great deal, but that's a very particular talent and skill, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so do you think that what you've detailed in your, in your report is this suppression of scientists or are, what are they doing with those wages that, that they well, the, have the money to give higher wages, but what are they doing with that money? Well, I don't think that they have a lot of money. Like the whole reason that we coming back to Bernie and the debt forgiveness is that we don't have any plan to keep these universities open. We have a huge number of research institutions and they're depending on young people to contribute their labor speculatively so that they may one day have a job in the future, right? That was the old system. And now you know that you don't have a future. You're not going to contribute your labor in your youth. You're going to say, I'm out of here. I'm going to Tulum. You know, yeah. or, Mi- or Mykonos or what? Yeah. yeah. Great places. Yeah. They really are. What's, what's up producer saying? 
Oh, he's saying we got two minutes, which actually is a good out because there's some things I want to talk about on the audio only. It's basically this, but it's audio only. Okay. Um. So, yo, Eric, thank you for coming on Impulsive, man. For hey, real. Thanks for having for, me. Of course. You're blessing us with knowledge. You're the most smartest guy I know. And uh, really appreciate you. They can find you on social media. I'm looking here. Eric R. Weinstein. And I think it's important to know that I am starting a podcast called The Portal. Saw that. Yeah. It, yeah, yeah. Let's hear it. And the idea is the, the portal is the search for a way out of these issues and problems to a better world. Think about um, like Alice in the Looking Glass mm. or the Rabbit Hole or the Phantom Toll Booth. There's got to be some way out through the portal to get to a better place. And that's what it's going to be about. I love it. Where, where can they find when, when is that going to be uh, live? Uh, I think it's coming up in July when I, we've just recorded our first episode. Can't talk more about it, but okay. we're going to get a few more in the can. And uh, hopefully we're going to hit our stride. Okay, great, nice. great. You hey, guys heard you. it here first. We're going iTunes only, iTunes audio only, iTunes Spotify audio only right now on Impulsive, the number Why? one what podcast in the world. Thank you guys for listening. Hit that button. Here we are. I want to ask you about religion. Yeah. Are you religious? Well, I mean, I'm an atheist, but I go to so synagogue. Why? Why? Because I do prayers on Friday night because it's, you want to keep uh, optics. No, well, I'm, this confuses no. me. This isn't. Wait, so you think it's all about belief? I don't know. Enlighten me. Well, I don't know. I mean, I let I let the the spirit move me. It doesn't mean that it confuses me. But you know, why do you go to a movie? I like movies. Yeah. I'm going, I'm going in, in an hour to a movie. Okay, so what movie are you going to go see? It's Midsummer. It's called. Okay, now there's probably going to be a narrative arc. There's going to be love interest. Yep. There's going to be, you know, daring do, oh, yeah. but you know that none of that stuff's real. It's just photons in a wall. And yet you go, why? Entertainment. Yeah. Okay. So the idea is that I'm, I'm going for some sort of spiritual meaning. I've got two gorgeous kids. I want to keep my family together. The world is coming apart and I happen to have access to a religion that's been around for more than 5,000 years and has been helping people who, have believed in that religion, make great scientific discoveries like nobody else's business. You think I'm going to give this up because I don't think there's a bearded dude on a cloud? There's no way. Wait, wait, I'm confused. Is anyone else confused? Is I'm this, not. Is this just me? I'm I, not, I'm not at I, all. I really want to flesh this out because the religion is super interesting to me. So being an atheist doesn't necessarily mean you don't practice religion. Well, I mean, if the question is, will I say, will I say prayers? Will I observe rituals? Yeah. Will what I, are you doing when you go to the synagogue on Fridays? Well, in general, uh, uh, mostly I go Saturday mornings. Uh, I'm, I listen, I listen to the voices and the music. Some of the greatest music takes place in my synagogue, the kitchen uh, in San Francisco. Uh, the teachings of my rabbi uh, are fantastic. Uh, I disagree with her on so many things, but Rabbi Noah Kirsch, uh, Kushner is uh, an amazing teacher and she stimulates me and I appreciate hanging out with my community, my friends, and uh, being part of something greater than myself. If you, if you, When you go see the movie later that you're going to see, I think the point he's making or the analogy he's making is, you, what if the movie is sheer fiction? Nothing you're watching on the screen is real. You know that. They're traveling around on a oh, flight. Oh, so it amuses you. Yes. Religion well, or, amuses, or, or, or amuses you. Or that's a form of discipline. Like, or, I find that somewhat sacrilegious, Mr. Logan. Yo, <laughs> yo. Yo, no some, face, no case. You're just right getting now. duped. I don't know what he's saying. He, I'm like, I, the answer could very well be yes, but am I a fucking moron? No, Because I no, don't no, no. know I what you're, you're saying. missing the... When you watch... Fi this is what he's saying, not me, because you guys know I love JC. He loves Jesus. But what he's saying is, 
if you're watching a piece of fiction, you don't need to believe the fiction to enjoy the movie. Wait, so you're Christian. Yes. Okay. I'm not Christian. Gosh. I don't believe that Jesus Christ is, is Lord and Savior. That's fine. But that we're still homies. But that's but that yeah. yeah. But that but that that voice has so much wisdom in it. Are you imagining that I need to believe in the immaculate birth and and, and the resurrection oh. in order to to, I mean, how much crazy good stuff did this guy say? Here's, okay, so I'm saying you're, you're, you agree with the pillars of religion and what the intent of religion is for people? No. But, okay, well, fuck. Here, can, I, can I try another analogy? Well, so can first tell off, me, tell- atheism is the, the you don't believe in God, right? For sure. In gods. I'll tell you what it is right now. Atheism is the disbelief or lack of belief in the existence of God. Yeah, it's what you just said, man. Yeah, that's good. That's fine. <laughs> so good. we have full definition. So you you you're going there for the value and for the messaging, but you're you're not buying. I'm going there certain- for the spirituality. I'm I'm going there to be uplifted. I'm going there for the same reasons you're probably going yeah. there. Are you absolutely sure that a bunch of stuff that you did not witness absolutely happened? No, you're and not sure. You, you vacillate sometimes, right? I'll be honest with you. The re, the one of the reasons I go, yeah. okay, is because do you know what happens if you're wrong? <laughs> yeah. No. Please. No. 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 I not gotta like tell this. you, Eric. I gotta tell you. Not I'm like sorry. This. I wish I got to tell you on the video version because we. I don't think there's many listeners or our viewers. Testify no, no. that you will go to a place. Yeah. Where. No. No. Not like this. Hitler will shove pineapples up your ass reverse, every reverse. single don't do day. It, don't do it. The don't reverse. Do it. I'm sorry to tell you this, Eric. Yeah. You can't be wrong about this shit. <laughs> okay. And so I gotta be, I gotta hang out with my boy JC because he's going to keep me out of that dark place, that sunken place. So dude. you're, I you're absolutely positive. You're absolutely positive that that particular version is the right version. The pineapples or the Lord on the savior. On the you cross. know, the, my, my point to you is, um, you're not absolutely sure. That's one of the reasons you're so adamant with me because you think that that's a possibility and you're hoping that you bet on the right horse. But if I told you that I have two separate books, right? And that book A says everything in here is true and book B is wrong and book B says everything in here is true is book A is wrong and the books are otherwise identical, you have no means of figuring out which of these is the correct book. Facts. Yeah. To- to another good example, other than a fictional movie, yeah, that I would bring up to make it a little bit easier for you to understand is people who are not addicts or alcoholics that go to AA and NA meetings. Yeah, so you're like, what? they're talking the whole meeting about how to not use again, and somebody's like, I've never done a drug in my life. Why am I here? Because there's a great message. There's an uplifting spirituality that exists oh, in the code. Dependency is generic, right? Mm. There you go, and okay. so. I did, well, how are we done? We can't talk about Kyle Kashuv. I wanted to talk about Kyle Kashuv. Do we not have time to talk about yeah. that? He's got it. All right. So I, I, can, I have to go. But uh, maybe, maybe you guys can. I wanted to talk about the two. You're blending the two worlds of physics together, right? Can, the two can, can you guys physics? talk about it? Yeah. I, I have, yeah, to, I have to mob out. Right. Or maybe that's for your podcast. No. Maybe if we or, tune in over there. I'd actually like you guys to close. Go ahead. I think By the way, guys, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move to this fair city of yours. So it'd be great to see you at any other future point. We can continue whenever you like. Yeah. Hey, very true. Oh, yeah, Let's do that. That'd be awesome. That. That's fine. Some sort of, part, some, two. Part, two. part two. Part two. One may say. I'm going to shake your hand, Eric. Hey, I, I got to go. Thank you, guys. Of course. It's been amazing. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Wait, wait. Thanks are we coming. signing off? Yeah, we can. That's fine. He said another time. That's well, fine. F- all right. All right. Here we go. Eric, thank you, brother. Eric R. Weinstein on Instagram. Thank you. Read his five stars or uh, you're going to hell. Bye. Pineapples. Pineapples.